Welcome to the Gary Wilkerson Podcast. Uh, I'm co-host Joshua West, and we are continuing our series um, on the fascinating, life-altering Word of God. And so we've already done one on the Bible, and today we're going to be talking about exposition. Yeah. Gary? Yeah, thanks. Hey, and just just with the title there, Fascinating, Life-Altering Word of God, question to those listening, does the Word of God fascinate you? Uh, the, the, the Word itself, to, to be fascinated by something, uh, means you it, it, you're, you fasten your attention on it because it's so intriguing, so valuable to you. Uh, we were in uh, Pittsburgh last week, and um, the hotel we were staying at uh, was right across from the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, Stadium where they play baseball. And uh, after the uh, show, I heard later that six times a year they do this incredible fireworks show. I mean, the thing, I've never seen anything like it. The, you know, they call it the finale. Yeah. Uh, was like, I don't know what it was. It wasn't even fireworks. It just, it, 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 it took the night sky and made the whole thing white. It was just this white. It was scary. I actually got scared. <laughs> I mean, that's, and that to me is the word of God. It's like, it's scary. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> you can't, you can't take your eyes off it. You fixate on it when it is properly understood, properly pursued, uh, the, the, when when God convicts our heart of our all our unrighteousness, when we go to the Word of God in a greedy way, it, 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 that's the so it's fascinating. It, it fixes our eyes. Then it's life altering, and and sometimes you almost need to reverse those words. We need our life altered before it's fascinating. Definitely. And, and for people listening now, if the Word of God is not fascinating to you, it would indicate there's some life altering things. Maybe it has a lot to do with what you're pursuing primarily, and so. To make the Word of God fascinating and life-altering, we need to have proper—what's the word we're using today? Um, Exposition. Oh, exposition. Yeah, (laughs) proper proper exposition of the Word. Today's Word. Yeah, I think think there's two things we can think about when we think about if the Word of God is fascinating and exciting and important, you know, is it important to us? I think there's two different lanes. There's the unregenerate person— who reads the Bible, who is not a Christian, who maybe is a false convert or attends church, but that hasn't really had their heart changed by God. And for them, it is a struggle because the weight of eternity, the value of grace, all these things aren't deeply imparted into them. That's why when, you know, it says faith come by hearing and hearing the word of God, our faith increases because it's like another brick is being put on this pile. It's just like the weight of it, the yeah. the importance of it. But uh, sorry to interrupt, but, but that, that's a good thing because I know you're going to go into the second part of it. Yeah. But, but just let me tag on to the first. That's, that's what the law is supposed to do. So even if you're studying the word or hearing it preached or in a group that is discussing it and, and, and it feels frustrating and it feels... Uh, it's like a weight on your shoulders. That that sounds like a bad thing, but it's actually a good thing. It's it's God driving you to the cross, driving you to show you your need. Yes. Like the law of God is when when the scripture uses the word schoolmaster, it sounds like nice. Oh, it's a teacher in school, but it, it actually speaks more of somebody who's a little bit harsh. You know, like yes. kind of the nun who slaps your fingers. It's, it's heavy. Like heavy. Yeah, you don't want that in your life. You don't want to live under that. The the, the uh, you know, and the law will always be good, but 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 it has that sense of and so. Yeah, that, that first and part is Jesus, good. Uh, and then Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, yeah. 
and I'll give you rest. My, my yoke, part of the, yeah, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Yeah. And so this is elevated. We realize these sort of things. So I think it's the important and the value of realizing. And I think it really comes down to the fact that do we really see Jesus for who he is and God for who he really is? Because if we do, like, and eternity hinges on it and our salvation hinges on it, then when we look at this, it's, it's you know, much more important. It's, yeah. But then they're, you know, not to heap condemnation on people. There is also the Christian who, for whatever reason, has taken their eyes off of Jesus or have been, you know, uh, rocked to sleep by the rhythm of life or trials or whatever reason they've they found themselves not being satisfied through the Word of God, not being excited about the Word of God. Uh, and I know in my personal life that has been a become like a, a gauge. Mm-hmm. Like there's something there's something going on with me. If you don't, if feel, I don't feel that way about yeah. God's word, because um, you know something else has seeped in, yeah. or and it's not even always evil things. It's just right. things that have taken God's place. And, and sorry to interrupt, but it's it's not just feeling either. That's right. It's because uh, sometimes I don't feel. Oh, definitely. Until, until I, until I, it's like I don't feel like reading the word today, and then I read it and go, like, "I'm so glad I read the word today." Good catch. And, and it's almost like um, my son is a bodybuilder; he lifts weights every day, and um, you know he he'll, he he says this, and you've heard this before. Um, if if I miss workout for three or four days, I feel I get frustrated. I get you know it's it's almost like detoxing from thing. And the same for the scripture, you know it 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 will. But you, but you got to go back to it and say, okay, even if I don't feel like reading this, it's going to do. It's going to bring. It'll bring the life back into you. Definitely, we prayer and and study of the scripture, while invigorating and exciting, sometimes must be a discipline because we recognize the importance of it. Just like working out, the guy who is in really good shape doesn't just work out when he feels like it. He's disciplined to do it every day. And then what he gets in return is is the sculpted body and this great, you know, much better feeling uh, and outlook on life. Similar to this right here. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. Um, So today we're talking about exposition. Can I, are you going to read a scripture? Yeah, let me read that and then, yeah, because we're we're 10 minutes in our podcast. We haven't started talking about the the, the point we're wanting to talk about. But but, but what you were talking about, you know, paying attention to scripture and and that, you know, you and I are writing this book on, uh, the jaw-dropping beauty of of Jesus on uh, the book of Hebrews, and you know it starts off by saying you you know you you've heard the, you you've heard the word from prophets of old, but now I'm speaking through the Son Christ Jesus, and then in chapter two he starts by saying therefore we must pay, therefore we much we must pay much closer not just closer but much closer attention to what we have heard lest we drift away from it, and that's that's really what the book of Hebrews has one of the one of the one of the large uh, elements that it speaks to is this idea of not letting the word don't don't get dry. Don't exit the passion that you had for it. So the word exposition. Exp, uh, uh, he he is an expositional preacher. You exposit the word, or you you take the word uh, exposition. Yeah. Um, the the this just I'll just comment real qu- quickly. The simplest way to understand what all that means because it sounds like a very you know ivory tower academic word. But it actually means to, the root of it is expose. Right. I, I'm going to if exactly. I'm going to expose scripture, I'm going to expose what it means to me. If I'm going to preach an expositional mission, I'm going to expose what the word of God means to the public. And so that that's kind of the basic meaning. But but digging a little deeper to what we're just, talking about here. Yeah, just without even bi- making it biblical, just what is exposition in general? It is um, 
it is explaining the content of something, not adding to it, not taking away from it, not putting your spin on it. It's literally just shedding light on what is there. You know, obviously you, you hear a news story sometimes they did an expose on something, you know, obviously the news isn't unbiased in our culture today, but the, but it's supposed to be. The idea is we're shining light on something. Um, and in the case of God's word, we're, like you said, we're exposing something. We're, we're putting light on something and we're doing our best to represent what it is. And we, we're letting it be exposed to ourselves first. Just like you talked about the newscaster, they have to dig into the story. Oh, the, this is what's happening with fentanyl coming across the borders. And I uh, interviewed a mom who lost their son, you know, and so they're, they're getting exposed to the story so that they can relate the story. But one is in, in this context, it would be to exposit correctly the word of God, yes. which is a little bit more we'll talk about in one of our next episodes, the, the exegesis of scripture, but the, to expose yourself to the scripture, get it into your heart. Yes. That words were found and I ate them. They became to me a joy. And now I can speak those words Amen. Uh, and that's exposition of the word. Am I, am I correct in that? That is correct, and that's not a command just for the preacher. That's for the Christian. Right. We all have to be students of that's God's word. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously, twice as much if you're teaching somebody something, yeah. you should know it through and through. Yeah. But as believers, we're all called to not only, you know, evangelistically proclaim God's word, but we need to apply it yeah. to our own life. That's That's for— the preacher that might be listening to us today, the pastor, the Sunday school teacher, the mom who teaches their children, the dad who comes home and has a little bit of Bible study with them, the husband and the wife uh, go for a walk, the, the men's Bible study. Uh, all of us need to—this word is crucial to us. The, I mean, could you imagine if this was—let's just say you could take this away from the body of Christ. You couldn't exposit the Scripture, and you can't give an exposition of, of the Scriptures. That would, that would remove— life-giving, you know, uh, uh, you know, the truth comes alive through the teaching of the Word of God or the hearing of the Word of God. And so, I mean, this this is no small issue that we're talking about today. It is it is central to a vital Christian life. Definitely. Let me read 2 Timothy chapter 2. I'm going to start in verse 14. It says, Remind them of these things and charge them before God not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. But avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people to more and more ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenus and Philetus. So this is obviously Paul writing uh, a letter to Timothy in the faith, you know, shortly before he was martyred for the faith. Right. But, you know, one of the, the, the preeminent messages of 2 Timothy is preach the word. And he's saying here, uh, part of preaching the word or part of, you know, living out the word is studying to show yourself approved so that you would be a worker who has no need to be ashamed. Um, and, you know, I've said this many, many times, people who misuse God's word for whatever reason should be ashamed. Yeah. And, and and not just preachers, we should be ashamed that we, we lightly glance at this word. I'm not saying there's condemnation for having misunderstandings or being a student and learning and, you know, having theological misperceptions, but this idea of not taking the time to dig into this like there's like there's treasure like it's the most important thing um and 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 when when it's not when we take the bible on a surface where we don't 
exposed. When we don't do exposition, proper exposition of the Bible, what we do is we get half-truths and distortions and it really does spread like gangrene through through our house, uh, you know, through churches, through cultures, and so that's why biblical exposition is so important because these are the words of God. Yeah. Um, and I think I think one of the things that we have to remember is is uh, you know the the worst thing we can say in a Bible study is you know hey well we just read John chapter one, what does that mean to you? Gary, well, the, frankly, it doesn't matter what it means to you. Yeah. What matters is what does it mean, right? Yeah, right? Now we can give your perspective, I can give my perspective, and we can work to secondarily. Yeah. yeah, we can work to try to figure it out. But the it doesn't really matter what you have to say about John one, unless, of course, you have real insight into what John one means. Right. And so I think that idea of what is what does it mean to me? Obviously, you know, sometimes. We just mean that personally applying it to our lives. But but the real question is, what does it mean? <laughs> what does it mean? And God's not hiding from us. He's He's made, you know, himself clear and plain to us. And it's our job to to search for that. I think the biggest reason a lot of times people find it arduous though is because we don't we don't lead with the forefront of the beauty and glory and majesty of Jesus mm-hmm. because that's why every word of the scripture is important because it's all about him. Yeah, the glory of God in the face of Christ. Amen. One of my favorite scriptures. Yeah, and and we're talking here about, when we're talking about exposition, we, what we're really talking about is rightly dividing the word of God. And the Greek in there, uh, to to divide means uh, to cut, to, to like it's a... It's, uh, you know, this, I'm going to cut, this doesn't mean that. Uh, it That's does right. mean this. And so to, to divide. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is sharper than any double, double-edged sword, you know, so that it can cut between the bone and the marrow, the soul and the spirit, Amen. dividing. You know, there is that sort of cutting, that dividing language. Yeah, and that's, and that's where I start. Let's talk about what we do, each of us. I'll, I'll just start off with where I start with biblical exposition, uh, I start with with yielding to the text is what I like to say, um, rather rather than coming to it and hoping it means this. Uh, I yield to it. it uh, I'm coming to it. Firstly, what does it say? Not what do I, I? Not what I thought it said. Not what other teachers told me what it said. So I'll take usually maybe ten verses or less, and and just stop there and just say, okay, I really want to do that because I think most Christians today are just in a, in, in an anecdotal way. Are, are reading scriptures and rightly so. It's a great thing, uh, you know, uh, doing the Bible in a year. Um, sure, a lot of them have that, and that's I, I love that. I think that's, but I would make sure we recommend you. Uh, you can't do exposition very well that way. No doubt, you, you have to. I recommend taking one book, uh, and maybe if you're new to this and you want to start joining uh, Joshua and I in, in biblical exposition, uh, take a smaller book uh, first. You know, First Peter or something like that, Galatians. And and just work through it five six seven eight maybe ten verses at a time, and just just pick the verses you want, and then kind of what I said like uh, why I start with you know I pray Lord uh, I yield to what this says and and I and uh, you know and to, for me I have to read it maybe seven or eight times I read it through various uh, 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 versions versions of scripture yeah thank you um, you know NSV. Uh, NIV, even the New Living, even the Living Bible, which is you know not necessarily a, a strict translation, but just to get the different nuances of the words. Then I go. I have a, a program online that shows me the different languages. Uh, you can click on on that. Uh, it's called uh, Blue Letter Bible. That's the one I find is easiest. And uh, um, and then after after I get, I'll take some notes. 
And then I go to commentaries. You know, this is all part of it. But uh, starting place for me is is just saying, okay, I, I have to, I want to know what this says, not what I wanted to say. Where, where do you start? Yeah, I mean, definitely the same way, not to take it a step back. The very first thing I do when I read the Bible is I pray. I, I pray that God would, you know, would speak to me through his word and that he would undo bad theological ideas that I have or selfishly ambitious ideas. And then I would just under, I would just plainly understand the text. Like you said, yield to what the text says. Fire in Our Bones Pastors Conference and Spiritual Leaders Conference is coming up very soon. Check it out on our World Challenge website. We believe you should be there because God is going to do some great things. I think we, we can be very guilty, um, not just in a debate, but in, in life in general and doing something that's called proof texting. It sounds, yeah. it sounds positive, but it's really more negative. It's the fact that we have an idea or a thought or something that we think or want God to say or the Bible to teach. And so then we go on a journey looking for texts that support that. Maybe take some even taken out of context. Um, there's nothing wrong with searching things out if you're actually saying, is this true or not true? What does the Bible say about it? But mm-hmm. But just coming to God's word and saying, what does the plain meaning of this mean? Um, I think uh, Alistair Begg, he may not have right. coined this phrase, but I've heard him use it a lot. Yeah. He says, you know, it's important to keep the the plain things, the main things, and the main things, the plain things. And even though we're not talking about hermeneutics yet or biblical interpretation, it's important that we, that we read the Bible literally unless it's obvious that it's instructing us not to. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if, we're having a narrative conversation and Paul is saying, I'm command the people in the churches to do this. We shouldn't try to inflict allegory on that. You know, we're, we're Paul's giving a commandment to, yeah. to Timothy and he's saying, tell the church at large to do this. So this is probably something the church at large should do. Um, not that there isn't other literary genres, but I think it's the most important thing is, is taking, you know, reading the Bible through in a year is great because it helps you, frame the Bible chronologically, you know, the big picture, the big concepts, yeah. the players. But that's not ever going to be studying the Bible, you know. And and for me, I'd rather you know the book of Galatians through and through yeah. than say you've read the Bible 17 times, right? right? Yeah, I'm, I couldn't agree more. The um, Just to get, to get a big picture, first of all, uh, take our audience through the difference between exposition of Scripture and hermeneutics. There's, you know, when you're thinking about studying the Bible or even, you know, preaching through the Bible, and I I think it's important to acknowledge that the things that we talk to preachers about, how they view the Bible, isn't really just for preachers. It's for every student of God's Word. We should all study to show ourselves approved. And so we should think about uh, exegesis, exposition, hermeneutics, homiletics. But, um, you know, the, the idea of exposition or exegesis those ideas, it's about pulling something out that's there. Yeah. Um, hermeneutics is the art of interpretation, like what is the historical context of the scripture? What's the the context of the book? What's the, you know, what who was the letter written to? Who wrote the letter? Those sort of things. Um, I like to think about it like this. I think I've given you this analogy before. But if you're thinking about exposition, hermeneutics, and homiletics, you can think about it like this. Like you're an archaeologist, and you're going through some cave somewhere. Um, Expositing something is you see something protruding from a rock, right? And you're like, what is that? It's, It's a foreign object. So exposition is 
intact pulling that out of of the rock right. and, and and extracting it for what it really is hermeneutics is taking your little archaeologist brush and the oils and dusting it off and cleaning it up and trying to figure out what it means like what is this what are the you know it's a box or there's hinges on it uh, oh it's a music box so you you extract it in exposition you you interpret it with hermeneutics and then homiletics would be okay now what can we do with it so it's basically like what does the bible say what does the bible mean and how can we apply this to our lives mm. and i think that's a healthy sort of like large way to look at the process of exposition hermeneutics so and under, under the banner of hermeneutics you'll have six or seven or eight or ten things that would be ingredients of that yes uh, of hermeneutics there's a certain ingredients in exposition as well yeah, the word hermeneutics is just a, a sort of fancy you know ten dollar word for uh, interpretation and it's not just for biblical hermeneutics, you know the 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 art of hermeneutics is interpretate you know, the interpretation of anything, um, any sort of written word, and so um, some some of the ingredients of expositing the scripture. Then, uh, you know, we talked about prayer, yielding to the text. What would be a couple other ones? I think uh, I think one of the 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 big ones is you know before I read a book of the Bible. Um, you know, I, I want to, even though this is sort of hermeneutical, but for the expositional side of it, I just want to know um, some things about the Bible. I mean, like if you read a, a lot of study Bibles in the very beginning, you don't have to be a, a scholar. You just read and it'll kind of give you like the date it was written, who they think wrote it, why the letter was written, you know, what group of people. It's helpful. Was this written, you know, primarily to Jews or to yeah. Gentiles? As yeah. you know, Absolutely. is this in the Old Testament? Is this in the New Testament? The, the idea of when we simply read the, the nine or ten verses, we have some, some you know, framework of what, you know, what we're reading here so that you can just plainly read the text. Yeah. As af after you pray, yield to the text, I think knowing if you're going to start a, a, a book study, which I would recommend you do, and you've, you've mentioned that as well, so you'd rather have them know the book of Galatians in depth, um, the, the, to, to know the culture or who it was written to. Uh, that that's you know when we were studying Hebrews together and putting that book together you know just to know that that was a, a small persecuted church in Rome you know that the writer is trying to encourage to not give up on their faith really encouraged me to, uh, but you know I, I tell a story about uh, you know here's just, I just made up story but my wife comes to me and says oh honey I got some interesting news I said what uh, Sarah's pregnant I go Sarah's pregnant wow that's really weird uh, okay I'll, let me text her. Uh, and I text her like, um, uh, you know, so sorry to hear about this. This must be very difficult for you. We'll be praying for you. Um, and, and, you know, so I, that, but then my wife says like, why did you text her that? Because I said, well, well, she's 50 years old and she's single and she got pregnant. This is, there's got to be a lot of problems. And my wife goes, no, not, not our friend Sarah's 50. It's, remember this, the other Sarah we know, she's 30 years old. She got married last year and, and she's been praying for a child. It's like, oh. And then I texted her saying, you know, oh, so sorry to hear about this. You know, we've been praying for you. Hope it works out well. <laughs> you know, it, it, um, so when you know who you're writing to, so you know who Paul's writing to, it, it's going to change the, the meaning of the, right. uh, of what, of what he's saying. And so that's why I think it's important to take some time. If you're going to, let's choose Galatians, you're going to do Galatians. Um, how do you find out about the history? 
if it's important to know who it was written to, what what is the best way to do that? To find the history, there's there's a the most simplistic way to do it. If you have a study Bible at the beginning, usually a, a board of scholars have not, you know yeah. have added that in. Um, there you know there's also commentaries. Um, there's books on church history. You know, I feel like that there's a lot of resources that are not on par with the Bible, but that can help illuminate the Bible. That you know, you can't be a even a person like me or you who our life is preaching and teaching the Bible. Uh, just like in medicine, you can't necessarily be an expert on everything, but you find a trusted, you know, theologically sound group of people. Um, books and things like that, and you'll learn what those are as you as you become a greater student of God's word, and you just you just research it. You find the history of it. You you because the more you know about what you're reading in exposition, the more fruitful, the more um, interesting and engaging it's going to be. And when you realize, you know, hey, this was this book was written to a group of persecuted Christians in the first century that were being killed. Now it's like the words have life. You're like, well, wait a minute, when he's saying this. You, you, you're there with them. Um, and so I think another thing too, the, not if we're not to jump off of that topic, but just to realize that there's two types of exposition. There's direct exposition and there's indirect. And I think one of the, um, the, the ways that you can d- differentiate those things is the Bible um, sheds light on itself. And so there are a lot of times where um, the Bible's trying to tell us something, especially in the Old Testament. Right. The Bible's going to tell us something by telling us a lot of other things. So we see the need for Jesus because it shows us the deficiency of all these other things. Or, um, you know, so it, indirect uh, exposition in the Word help. But even if the Bible's revealing itself directly or in, indirectly, we need to always view it directly. Like, what is this trying to say? And so sometimes maybe it's, We'll talk about this later, understanding some of the literary forms in the Bible. Um, you know, and I think it's not about getting off into some weird academic thing. When you talk about context and allegory, these are things that ten year old children understand yeah. when they're reading a you know, a book, some, you know, C. S. Lewis book or a Harry Potter yeah. book. It's not terribly hard. The problem is is many of us have been taught to um to view things gnostically in the scripture Mm -hmm. rather than just saying, what is it plainly saying? And if it's, you know, when David's telling us that God will hide us under the shadow of his wing, we, we don't, we, we don't think God has wings. We know that he's painting a picture of, of, you know, the protection of God. Right. And so I I think we'll get into that later, but I think to read a, to, to do exposition, you have to have these things in mind. Yeah, that's good. Well, we're going to come back next episode and talk about hermeneutics and, um, you know, just just kind of wrapping up the things here on exposition. Is, you, know, you, you find a book, get the history, you start take a small portion of the passage, read it over and over, uh, study the the languages, study the uh, you know. And when we talk about ten verses or so, it's also good to, or even if you just do one verse, like what you know, what what's the verse in front of it, what's the verse behind it, what's the paragraph in front of it, what's the paragraph behind. Now I don't know if that's I get confused sometimes whether that's hermeneutics or. Exegesis. I mean, it's, that's it's hermeneutics, but yeah. really they they they're so yeah. tethered together. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, 
riding your bicycle, like you say, well, which is riding your bicycle, pedaling or steering? It's, right. You know, they, you know, maybe maybe one is more defined as steering, more pedaling, but it's both riding your bicycle. And that, uh, well, uh, join us next episode as we continue to do this. And we're praying, if you watched our first episode of this, uh, you know why we're doing this. It's to see a hundredfold increase in your passion, desire um, for the Word and how much the Word speaks to you the life-giving resources and power of the Holy Spirit would illuminate you and give you this fascination for the Word, and it would alter your life in powerful ways. It'll alter your marriage. It'll alter the way you treat your, your spouse, your children, your co-workers. It'll alter your vision for your future. Uh, this is what the Word of God does for us. Thanks for joining us again today. God bless. If you're a pastor or ministry leader, you and your spouse are invited to join us at the Fire in Our Bones Pastors and Leaders Conference in New York City, August 2nd through the 4th. Joining Gary will be Nikki Cruz, Tim Delina, Carter Conlin, Claude Hood, and R.T. Kendall, with worship by Donnie McClurkin, Shane and Shane, and 1121 featuring Kelly Wilkerson and Jared Anderson. Visit worldchallenge.org and click on the events tab for full registration details. If you enjoyed today's episode, we invite you to do two things. First, share this with someone else. Second, click on the subscribe or follow button on whatever app you're using to listen to the show. That way you get notified when we release a new episode. Thanks for joining us. We hope to see you next time.